the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. Nancy Pelosi, please report to your bomb shelter. I repeat, Nancy Pelosi, please report to your bomb shelter. Armageddon is is not looming. No, it has arrived. You know, we were mocking last week that, uh, you know, the rapture was coming. We're already minus five days past the rapture. I guess none of us were worthy to be taken up. Um, but uh, Armageddon is here now. One of the four horsemen of the apocalypse known as Apple brings this this message of our demise. And listen, if you dare, but you have been. Listen. You hear the those are the hoof, those are the hoofbeats of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Apple yesterday announced a record-shattering buyback program. When it's all said and done, they will have paid over $100 billion to their shareholders. In the first quarter of this year alone, Apple has paid shareholders $23.5 billion. That exceeds the value of the majority of the companies in the S&P 500 index. The horror. As as if all of that death and destruction weren't enough, there is more. Throughout the March quarter, Apple has paid over $3.2 billion in dividends. So if you had stock in the company, this evil company paid people money. They also have plans to boost those payments up another 16% going forward. And the hits just keep on coming. Now, I know I shouldn't joke about this. If you have stock in in Apple, this is too much to bear. I'd like to ease your suffering. And if it would help, uh, I will be the sacrificial lamb and take those evil capitalist shares off your hands. It's the least I and the audience can do. Audi- uh, would, are you willing to take if somebody decides to donate, you know, or they just can't bear the thought that capitalism is helping people and they just have to spit themselves out of that evil capitalist system. Please let them know you are willing to take on the burden of their Apple shares. The end is so close. It's so near. I can, yeah, smell sulfur. I I can actually smell. Apple yesterday also announced the construction of a new mega campus. Just building stuff all over the world. Well, here in the United States, they're looking at adding over 20,000 new jobs. Oh, those bastards. Over the next five years, they're predicting now that they will add $350 billion to the U.S. economy. I can't take it. America, in dire times such as these, we have to ask ourselves, how did we get here? How did we get to a place to where a company can add 20,000 jobs in the next couple of years, build campus after campus, build campus, build, make money off the backs of people who that are so stupid that when they built an Apple store in California and the city government told them not to do it, 
They built it near a park, so there's trees everywhere. And Apple said, I know what we should do. We should have glass walls. We'll just make this big, round glass building like all of our other Apple stores. It'll just be a glass box. And they said, don't do it. You're in California. People are too stupid. They're going to just, they're going to think they're outside. And lo and behold, what is happening? People are getting injured day and night because they are just walking into that glass they don't see they just assume that they're in a park and that cash register is just sitting out there in the park with all of these devices out in the forest now how does this happen what what has caused this what was that final act that caused the waves to come crashing and raining down on us like flaming meteorites of destruction well as it turns out nancy pelosi was right this is all due to tax cuts. Tim Cook and Apple have even admitted it. You want to know what the low tax apocalypse looks like? Allow me to quote Tim Cook in an interview he gave talking about the recent tax cuts. But I have to warn you, it is so scary that it sounds as if it was pulled right straight out of the book of Revelation. And I quote, There are two parts of the tax bill. There's a corporate piece and an individual piece. I do believe the corporate tax side will result in job creation and a faster growing economy, end quote. Oh, my gosh. Wait, 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 wait. More jobs and a faster growing economy? That's not what we want. This is worse than we thought. Look, we've been the ones that have been left behind. Armageddon happened last week. I don't know what we're going to do to fight back this beast, but fear not. We'll figure out a way to get through it. We'll, I don't know. I pray tell New York Times, will you run yet another piece about how Karl Marx was right, please? Having a job and getting lots of money. Oh, my gosh, the painful. Do you realize you're going to have to go to the bank more? Uh, you're going to, if you get a raise in your salary, you're going to have to, like, figure out what to do with that. Maybe you could be more charitable. You're going to be running back and forth. You're going to have to make new decisions. Where do I put that money? Oh, my, it's, a, it's a nightmare. But let's dig in because we're Americans and we will endure. And don't forget, I'm willing to take a hit, you know, for the good part of this. I'll post instructions on how you can transfer your Apple shares over to me, Nancy Pelosi. It is my burden to bear. It's Wednesday, May 2nd. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. I have to tell you, hello, Stu. Uh, I have to tell you that uh, I'm getting more and more optimistic, which is scaring the hell out of me. Yeah, usually when you're optimistic, everything's about to suck. Yeah, I am the guy, and Stu can verify. He's been with me for, you know, 20 years. Pat is the same thing. Pat goes white because he's been with me for 30 or so years, and and he goes white when I go optimistic. He's like, well, I mean, he's already the whitest white man. He's like, he has no color. <laughs> he's like pure white. Um, and uh, I'm the guy that you do not want at the coronation and the first sailing of the Titanic. You don't want me there. Because halfway across the ocean, you just, you're saying to the captain, can you shut this guy up? Because I'm the guy going, this thing's going to sink. I'm telling you, it doesn't have enough lifeboats. They're too arrogant. 
something's wrong. I'm telling you it's going to happen. And count, I've counted the light bulb. Have you counted the light bulb? And everybody on board is like, shut the hell up. The minute we hit the iceberg, I'm the guy who's up on the deck going, you, play some music. This is going to be great, guys. Everybody into the boat. We're going to be fine. Everybody into the boat. So when I become optimistic, we're approaching an iceberg. I'm just saying, because I'm wrong on everything. When I'm pessimistic, things are good. When I'm optimistic, everything goes to hell. <laughs> How does it feel being that guy? I am that guy. Because that means everyone's rooting for you to be sad. Yes. Uh, and yes. Yes. It's true. Yes. And I've lived most of my life that way, so I'm, I'm happy to do it. I'm actually starting to be freaked out because I'm feeling good. Yeah. But what's that's your how, reasoning that's my sickness. for feeling good? Is this a just a feeling or is there no, something? No, there's, there's something to it. Look at the economy. Look at what's happening. And I don't even mean that the economy is healthy because the economy is not healthy. Okay. Let, let, me, let me just, could I spell it out for you? I don't think I need to. We've got serious, deep problems. However, there are so many optimistic signs that point now to the truth that this works. And it's actually when Apple, when Apple comes out and says, no, it's the tax cuts. It's the tax cuts. You really, I mean, it's here. I guess it's if it was just Apple, eh. but Kanye, and I know that everybody says Kanye is crazy. I got it. I got it. I know who Kanye West is. He's the guy who George Bush hates black people. I got it. He is a, a PT Barnum. He will say whatever he has to say. He's 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 just as likely next week to say, you know what? I think Ronald Reagan was the greatest ever. He's just as likely to say that as we never went to the moon. So I know who he is and I'm not jumping on the Kanye bandwagon with everybody else going. He's one of us. Uh, Be careful. Be careful. What is happening is a discussion about freedom of thought that I haven't seen in a very long time. That is the movement that I have been looking for. I've been wanting somebody who says, you notice what he's saying? Hey, I love you, man. I love you. I love you. That's fine. You can say that. I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings, but I'm just telling you, this is what I think. This is what I feel. And maybe we should think, maybe we should start thinking out of the box. I don't know. That's perfect. And if he makes that cool and not, not that he makes conservatives cool or anything else. If he makes free thought cool, we win. We win. That's great. So I'm optimistic because I'm I, I also just got back from California. There's I'm telling you, there's something happening in California. I mean, there's lots of things happening. Death, destruction, high taxes, <laughs> earthquakes, the floods. I mean, there you're all going to die. I just want if you're in California, you're all going to die. It's like all the signs of the apocalypse. It's constantly all raining happen. down. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. going to happen there first. I mean, I'm sorry. God will destroy you first anyway. Um, <laughs> but there is also something else happening there. And that is what's happening with Kanye West. It's and there are there are people I talked to a friend of mine who lives there. And uh, he said, we were talking about Kanye West, and he said, Glenn, I live, I don't know, where do the Crips hang out? Long Beach? Oh, L- the LBC? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
the LVC. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he said, I think he lives down there. I, he may be a blood, but he's living undercover, and that's a different story. Let's stop talking about it. Um, but uh, he said, um, he said to me the other day, uh, I said, what about this Kanye thing? I think this is, you know, he looked at me and went, he's nuts, you know. And I'm like, no, 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 I know that. Yeah, 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 I got that. But he's having a conversation that America hasn't had. And it's happening not in our world. It's happening in the pop culture world that nobody crosses that barrier. And uh, he said, actually, I am starting to hear this from my friends. He said, I've always been the token conservative. He's like, you know, every time something happens, my friends will call. Can I come over and talk to you? And he said, they come over and they're like, so you explain what's going on because I don't understand what's going on. (laughs) I get that one a lot too. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so, uh, and he said, they don't really want me to explain. They just want to vent on somebody that they know is not going to hit them back. Hmm. You know what I mean? He said, but for the last six months or so, he said, I'm having different conversations with my friends. He said, my friends are saying, okay, I didn't understand this. And he said, you know, so I went online and I watched, you know, a Prager University on this, which led me to this, which led me to this. So help me out because I can't make the jump from here to here. And he's like, what the hell is happening here? I think this is a sign. Hang on, I got to get the book of Revelation because I think this is a sign. (laughs) And he said, and I believe it's true. Dave Rubin said to me, he said he was walking to the studios to do an interview with me just the other day. And uh, he said he was walking down Ventura Boulevard and a guy reached up and put his hand up in the air. And Dave was like, he's going to hit me, slap me. And he was wanting a high five. And he said, I didn't think this guy would be somebody that would be, you know, going, hey, Dave, I sure appreciate what you're doing right now and looking into different options. And he said he put his hand up and gave him a high five and said, free thought, brother, free thought. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And if it can happen in the cultural world, we should be optimistic. But I I, I, I don't like it when I'm optimistic. I don't like it. Something's seriously wrong when I'm optimistic. Everything goes wrong. Buy your food storage <laughs> now. Get gold. Put all of your money in in gold or, I don't know, balsa wood, something. But this thing, the wheels are coming off. <laughs> saying. I want to talk to you a little bit about Car Shield. You know, you got to take care of your car, and it can be really expensive, especially if, you, if you're, um, you know, somebody wants to drive it until the doors fall off, you know? I, I want to drive. I want to drive a car uh, for a very, very long time. And the, as soon as it goes out, as soon as the warranty stops, that's when the warning light goes on. You know, we used to in the old days, we didn't have warning lights, so we didn't worry. We just broke down on the side of the road. We had all of our worry in one experience, not, oh, geez, the check engine light. What the hell does that mean? And then for weeks until you break down, you're just thinking, oh, something bad's going to happen. Get rid of all of that. Get the extended vehicle protection like I have on from CarShield. CarShield.com. I just have, I have a truck. Um, this is the, I think, the 2008, I think it is. 
Uh, and it's got, you know, a bazillion miles on it. But, man, that thing goes, goes, goes. It's, you know, a diesel truck. I want to keep it for the farm. I like using it. I brought it in just for oil. The thing, I had $5,000 repair bill. And I'm like, what? And then I remembered, wait a minute. Is that covered with car shield? Sure enough, I paid for nothing but the oil change. <laughs> yes. You too can have that experience. Just go to carshield.com, carshield.com. Go there now. Make sure you use the uh, promo code back, carshield.com, or call 1-800-CAR-6100, 1-800-CAR-6100. Make sure you mention the promo code back. You'll get 10% off, carshield.com, promo code back. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the program. So some say Kanye West is nuts. Uh, yes. In fact, what everyone makes, seemed to say it up until like, you know, a week ago. What makes, well, no, no, no. The left didn't. No, the Can left, you imagine, he was a genius to the left. Yeah, you imagine how bad this, what the reviews are going to be like on this, this forthcoming CD. Can we guarantee that this is his worst reviewed uh, musical They've effort all, of history? In already history? written. Already written. He's yes. lost it. He's out of touch. He mm-hmm. uh, he's he's horrible. The lyrics make no sense. The music makes no sense. He's plagiarized. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. they are going to say it about this CD. And I can tell you, too, if this guy has ever as much as looked at a female backstage in the wrong way, you're going to be too. hearing about it real soon. Real soon. You'll be hearing about that one real soon. Real soon. Uh, so Kanye West is uh, he's look, he's nuts. Kanye, and we everyone used to at least have an element of understanding about that mm-hmm. and we should that's why we should be a little bit cautious here i mean e- even he's the type of person where it's like part of his genius is that he's nuts right and mm-hmm. I, again i don't consider him a genius i should be clear but i'm saying his apply people who believe he's a genius think because he's willing to put himself through torture to come out on the other side as an artist right that's been his shtick and most of his controversies over the year have been mostly related to he, him believing he's greater than everyone else does. He does, yeah. and this is yeah. hard to say at this point in human history, but he may have the biggest ego I've ever seen. Right, and you know, honestly, the person you can compare him to is pre-presidency Donald Trump, right? Like, think of Donald Trump, not as the president of the United States, but the guy when he's just a celebrity, yeah. and he's out there talking about himself all the time and saying how he's the greatest and everything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. That is very similar to Kanye. I mean, they have almost an identical media profile yes. from two different worlds, yes. right? Again, this is talking about back in the day. So, but if you look at Kanye, I mean, you know, he's always done a lot of that stuff. He obviously ruined a really important moment for Taylor Swift. Famously, George Bush doesn't believe, you know, doesn't like black people. Uh, you know, he posed as Jesus Christ with a crown of thorns on his head on the cover of Rolling Stone. All stuff that makes him a genius to the left. To All left. stuff that makes him a genius. And one interesting thing, and this is one of the reasons you may not want to sell yourself completely into his philosophy. Obviously, you, you, we you know I'm not. Totally know you're okay, not. Yeah. I think a lot of people are excited about Kanye talking about this. No, be excited that he's bringing free thought, the idea of free thought into the culture Don't, and leave it there. Right. And free thought goes both ways, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. he's got to put Thomas Sowell up there, which is great. Sometimes he's going to say Emma Gonzalez is his hero and you might not agree, dis- uh, agree with it. <laughs> However, 
you probably really won't agree uh, with uh, his commentary on AIDS. Mm. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't have commentary on AIDS. <laughs> you know, uh, but some people do. Okay. And all you've right. heard this one before. You've heard this hit before. I have. Oh, we're all going to be very familiar with this. And remember how you reacted last time you heard it. Okay. Uh, AIDS is a man-made disease that oh was gosh, placed in Africa, me. just like crack was placed in the black community to break up the Black Panthers. Yeah. Okay. So we really <laughs> need to remember who Kanye Yes. <laughs> Yeah, the fool. He's Jeremiah Wright. That's where last time you heard that. Yeah. It's Jeremiah Wright. That yeah. is, it's the exact philosophy yeah. of Jeremiah Wright. Yeah. I like it when he talks about Thomas Sowell and, <laughs> and says to people who have never heard of Thomas Sowell, check this black man out. And that's great. That's great stuff. Great stuff. Free your mind. Don't follow anyone. Glenn Beck Mercury. So I've been telling you about uh, UseWaxRx.com for a while now. And I got to tell you, there's something about it that's freaking me out. Like, I keep thinking about my ears all the time. I don't know what it is. I'm spending too much time talking to you about this. There's an easy solution that doesn't screw up my life. Just buy the product. Go to UseWaxRx.com now. UseWaxRx.com. Do it. Get it over with. Use promo code radio. Get the free shipping. UseWaxRx.com. We all know by now, if you've heard me talking about UseWaxRx.com, you know that you need to find a really efficient, safe way to clean your ears. It's not Q-tips. That's not what it's supposed to be used for. Go to usewaxrx.com. Order your reusable ear wash system today. Get the things clean so they don't freak you out like they're freaking me out right now because I talk about ears too much. Ears are weird. There are these things on your side of your head. I don't, I don't, I don't like them, but I do want them clean. Usewaxrx.com. Usewaxrx.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I, as I stated a few minutes ago, I'm becoming very optimistic, and that's odd for me, and quite honestly disturbing to people like Stu. Um, and and maybe it's just, is it just because you're so used to me being pessimistic or catastrophist? Uh, no, I mean, just the patterns of time, right? You notice them, and yeah. usually like when things are going great, you're like, we are all going to die and it's like, oh, good. Thanks for coming to my birthday party, Glenn. Um, and then <laughs> the other thing is like when people are like, ah, you know what? Look, I think we've turned the corner here. Things are going well. It's usually death. And then for when people are like, oh, God, we are really screwed. This is going nowhere. Then you're like, oh, well, you know what? Uh, I got to be optimistic, you know, because after the fallout leaves, there's going to be wonderful flowers all around. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Oh, great. But that's always true. It's always true. Usually, yes, is. we're all in a concentration camp now, but the state of Israel's going to be restored. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not good. So um, Stu and I have been talking about this since 2008, that, uh, yeah, when I get optimistic um this next time could be bad and and so we've been kind of looking for that and the good news is i haven't had any optimism for quite some time <laughs> yeah uh, no, no optimism however i'm becoming very optimistic so what i did last night is i decided to look into the pole shift because i mean i can't get my arms around uh, global warming uh and that we can do anything about it 
but I I can get around a pole shift. Have you heard about the pole shift? Not 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 as much as you think. Okay, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> right. if it is a pole shift coming, I probably should have heard a Do lot. Do you know about what it. pole shifts are? Magnetic pole shift only is? very basics. Okay, that we've you know of it turning on its axis, right? That's what they always to flipping upside down almost right yeah well there's two things there's <laughs> mm-hmm. the there's the 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 mantle shift mm-hmm. okay and then there's an elect electromagnetic pole shift so the the electromagnetic field that is around the the world that keeps us protected from you know radiation so we're not all like walking outside and like all of a sudden we're john mccain <laughs> no it, it, all of that field um helps us get rid of a lot of the radiation and and everything else so we don't all die from cancer immediately um uh that always moves i mean the 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 north pole the magnetic north pole i think has been as low as ohio at one point and i mean you know a long time ago Mm -hmm. but we have a pole shift about every 200 to 300 thousand years and that would mean, all it would really mean to you, if we were living without any technology or anything else, all it would mean is you'd look at your compass and you go, what the hell is that? Now north is that way. And all the birds would be flying into trees and every, the, everything would be screwed up. Anything that is, is, has any kind of sense of north and south would all be screwed up. So we, in a few days, would realize, oh, wow, something has happened. Now... My compass is pointing to Antarctica instead of Arctic. So it would be confusing for, you know, we'd have to take our globes apart and and just say, no, this is the top now. Okay. (laughs) Even though there is no top in space. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're not living like the Neanderthals, though. And a pole shift, if it happens slowly, we are due. In fact, scientists are saying now it can happen at any time. But you got to remember, any time is like, could be 100,000 years from now. Could be today. And they're seeing a real strong destabilization of the field now. And we're way overdue for this. If it happens slowly, no problem. If it happens over the next 100 years, not a problem. If it happens tomorrow, we won't be... This will be our last broadcast. <laughs> okay, And not because we're all going to die, but because all of the satellites... Everything is geared to a strong electromagnetic field, which we are losing now. And scientists are working on, okay, what does that mean for all of our communication satellites and everything else? Um, If it moves quickly, it will destroy. It's like a giant EMP global. And it will destroy all of uh, electronics and communication and satellites and everything else. So it'll be very, very bad. But there's also something happening. And they're saying that these are disconnected. But did you know that, have you ever heard of the mantle pole shift? This is something that's also known to happen, and we're long overdue for it, apparently. And they are not connected. Uh, But the mantle, you know how the core of the earth, and and remember, I'm a doctor, okay? So don't, please. So so if you happen to know more about this and you have a word of criticism? Yes, if I get too technical. Oh, oh, it's that. Just keep it to yourself, Mm -hmm. okay? So the, the mantle... Uh, the or the um, uh, the core of the Earth is 100% marshmallow fluff, and just outside of this core, but it's at extreme temperatures because of the gravitational pull, and so it's it's really liquefied marshmallow fluff, and just on the outside of that is liquid metal. Okay, 
and the 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 so, what the metals on the outside of the fluff is your is your do i talk to you about when you put chocolate in your peanut butter okay <laughs> don't talk to me about my metal and my marshmallow fluff got it i'm a doctor man so <clears throat> so we're really kind of like the, the world is kind of ice skating on this liquid metal all right if you if you had a very long time to look and you were watching us from space, you would see that the globe spins on its axis. However, the continents spin slightly differently because they're moving. It's the viscosity of that metal. We're actually sliding and we slide about the same speed that your fingernails grow. Now, in a sh- you know, in your short lifetime, that's no big deal. You just, you know, you're, you're Howard Hughes and you've got really long fingernails or you're in the Guinness Book of World Records. That's not a long way for a continent to slide, you know? I mean, if you straighten them out, can't be the curly kind of fingernails. They have to be grow perfectly straight. That's not a big deal to slide. If you're, you know, if you're the United States of America, we slide a little bit. Oh, well. However, over a long period of time, that's dramatic. There's a larger point you can make. Hmm? If you're in the United States, we slide a little bit, no big deal. But over a long period of time, you might not recognize where <laughs> yeah. you are. Yes, you might so not notice the slide. There might be a larger lesson to learn there. So we kind of figured this out when we went down and we were exploring down in Antarctica. And they found uh, they found fossilized tropical plants. And they're like, how the hell did... What? And they believe there's a theory, probably wrong, but there is a theory that that was the legendary lost city of atlantis and a pole shift happened and that was more towards the equator and the continent slid and now atlantis is you know antarctica again speculation probably wrong but we do know that the the continents have shifted and they have all moved into the positions that they're in so if we have a a magnetic pole shift it means an end of communications, and it will also mean we have, if it's rapid, and we'll also have a hard time growing food, et cetera, et cetera. It'll be really bad. You want to talk about global warming? This is global warming on steroids. If you have both of them coincide, you have basically the, the scientific explanation for uh, the book of Revelation. You're standing on, you're standing on firm ground at night. And we know when we read the book of Revelation, it says, and the stars will fall and the earth and the water and the land will be poisoned. Okay. Well, how do you make the stars fall? We know the stars aren't going to fall, but if you're standing on the earth and all of a sudden you have a continental shift, it will appear to you as the stars falling. If that shift happens with the magnetic pole, that could poison all of the water and the land and just be apocalyptic in its nature. I don't believe that this is going to, it could happen in our lifetime if your lifetime is 100,000 years. Um, scientists are now saying it could happen at any time, and they are noticing a thinning and a destabilization of the electromagnetic field. And the poles are shifting, but we don't know what's going to happen. It's just interesting, especially if you're looking for something that says, no, don't be optimistic, Glenn. Don't. There's lots of things you can worry about. So I spent my time last night trying to find something else to worry about. 
You just had, you hit too many moments of positivity. Yeah, I got up <laughs> yesterday and I'm like, I don't know, I'm starting to feel good. Is there anything out there that could cause a catastrophe? Yes, there is right here. I found it. I found it. That's so, the way you operate. It's the way I operate. Things Although I will say the evidence, you know, if uh, Kanye West is a conservative hero, the polls may be shifting. That's a, that's <laughs> I, not, think, I think that's absolutely <laughs> true. The polls are shifting. By the way, I, I have some other news for you. I, I don't know if you've noticed that uh, the Federal Reserve has has shifted tons and tons and tons of reserve gold back over to Europe and all around the world. The countries are all calling their gold back from the Federal Reserve, which, just remember this word, rehypothecation, when that happens trouble you ever read the word rehypothecation don't even know what you need you don't even know what it is that's fine look it up you can learn about it really important when you hear that word used by somebody other than me that is credible and they're like well what we're really dealing with here is rehypothecation run run <laughs> for your life okay anyway they're pulling all the gold and everything else have you noticed have you noticed that you have lost a lot of money in your savings account just because the dollar is depreciating? A lot of people are talking about Bitcoin. That's crazy. It might be crazy. It might be crazy. It's also crazy not to have like a hundred bucks in this market, but it's so hard to understand. First, just understanding what Bitcoin is, is damn near impossible. And then trying to f buy it or sell it, I have no idea. I mean, it is, it's beyond my 13-year-old son. I'll tell you that right now. I, I look at him all the time, and I'm like, can you fix the TV? Yes, he can. can you, okay, I just want to go online. He can do that. I just want to buy some Bitcoin, or I'm looking at this coin. Can I buy it? Mm -mm, Dad, I don't. It's beyond me. So it is complex. So we went, we looked for somebody that could teach this on what it is, how to invest, what to possibly invest in. So it's a crypto course. And I, I, I urge you to go and take this course now. You go to smartcryptocourse.com. That's smartcryptocourse.com. You watch this course. And if you want to invest, you can invest uh, you know, just do your own homework. This is what this is. I really felt that you, I did. I needed an education on what it was, how it worked, and how to invest, and how to sell. <laughs> they make it really easier to buy than they do to sell. Isn't that strange? Anyway, smartcryptocourse.com. Go there now. Smartcryptocourse.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Hey, would you just uh, take a second and say a prayer for our good friend, Pat Gray? Uh, Pat was, uh, was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago, and uh, his kidneys shut down. He went into kidney failure. They thought he had kidney stones. He didn't. Uh, he had uh, a scarring in his uh, kidneys, and they had to put uh, stints in the, in the kidneys. Uh, so... Know, they could get him to start functioning again. I don't know something with the fallopian tubes and the ovaries, but um, <laughs> I'm a doctor, man. 
That's true. You are a doctor. I can't, Thank you. I can't deny that. I'm a doctor of humanities, which means I can talk about anything with the human condition and diagnose anything. Even without examining the patient. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doctor of humanities. Mm-hmm. That's all of it. It's not really what that is. But. I think it is. And uh, we're not going to ask any more questions. Anyway, um, uh, so he's going under the knife again today. He's uh, going into surgery. He may even be in surgery now. So if you wouldn't mind just saying a prayer for him, we sure would appreciate it. Yeah, he has two surgeries coming up in the next week. So it's been a rough, uh, rough stretch for Pat. And this is, you know what? And if, none of it is to make him look better, which is kind not, of well, sad. I disagree. He's lost, what, 35 pounds? Yeah. And as, uh, you know, as he would uh, he would tell you, that's the positive side effect of all oh, of this. Oh, no, I, I'm telling you, really, honestly. Pain, surgery, you got it. Mm-hmm. If I can lose 35 <laughs> pounds, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'm there. But here, here's my, because as you know, I'm not a doctor, but I want to be one someday. Yeah, well. So here's my diagnosis. You, let me run happen. it by the actual doctor. Yes. Okay. Uh, Pat lost 35 pounds. However, he lost 30 of it before. Nah. He was sick. Not worth Therefore, it. Therefore, no, my point is, him getting healthier was the reason he's having these health problems. I'm and he liking should, where you're going. We should go to Taco Bell I more often. I am liking where this is headed. Because Taco Bell, nacho cheese sauce is basically antibiotics. You know what it is? It's the nacho cheese, I think, that kept those fallopian tubes you know well right. greased yeah sure whatever i'm a doctor why man. you're so focused on fallopian <laughs> tubes, the only but... tubes i know that you have inside of you do you have any other tubes there's probably one or two in there yeah i don't know i don't think so i mean you have the intestines that's tube like but not really uh, it's too gross down there at what point do you say i want to go into that as a doctor okay now i went into all of humanity okay that you was my know, specialty that's not what you did and, and I didn't have to study much for it, which was great. Just became a doctor. They just called me and said, hey, we want to make you a doctor. And I said, again. So anyway, um, but at what point are you, are you narrowing things down and you say, I want to study people's butts. I want to crawl up in there where it's really gooey and icky and stinky. And I really want to, that's where, that's where I want to dedicate my life. As a doctor, I'm like, nope. Mm-mm. No, I don't want to look there. You got something going on? Look, Mrs. Johansson, you may have cancer, but it's in the nether regions, and I'm not going to look. Well, just like being Cleveland Browns quarterback, somebody's got to do it, you know? And I think that might be Yeah, but that's happened. not the way they act. It's not like you go to one of those doctors, and they're like, I'm the guy. They're all, you know, haughty about it, like, I'm one of the best butt doctors in the area. <laughs> well, you probably want one that's good, yeah, I would you're, assume, right? Yeah, <laughs> you do, but I mean, you, did you hear what you just said? I'm one of the best butt doctors. They don't doctors. say that. You're yeah, saying that. They, do. they They have that air to them, and that's a whole nother. <laughs> did you wash your hands with that? Please. I just don't think I'm even shaking hands with the butt doctors. No. But anyway, mm. Stu, I mean, uh, Pat is in uh, surgery, and... <laughs> What a nice tribute to him. Forgive forgive us for that, (laughs) Lord, but uh, pray for him. Keep him in your prayers the next week or so, please. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. So, do you remember when... Oh, I don't even know how many years ago when the world was very, very young, sometime in the 90s. 
when uh, Bart Simpson said, eat my shorts. And people went crazy and said, oh, my gosh, eat my shorts. You can't have a young gentleman on television saying, eat my shorts, showing disrespect to his father. And then his father, why? you little?" And that's just going to course in our society. And remember, we were told by Hollywood to shut up. Well, I would just like to say, I don't think it's Simpsons related, but have you noticed the coarseness of society? Hmm. Eat my shorts is really not a big deal now. I mean, that is that is like if Ronald Reagan came back and ran in the next and his big put down was eat my shorts. It would be like, my gosh, he is like George Washington. He's so presidential. So for everybody in Hollywood who said, shut up, let me just give you a, a story here that maybe the rest of America might have something to say back to you. We should take note from uh, uh, Matt Groening. He's the creator of The Simpsons. He was in an interview with USA Today, and he's responded now to the recent backlash surrounding Apu. So, you know, Apu is a cartoon character. <laughs> Just want to throw that in. He uh, He's the Indian character whom social justice types claim perpetuates an evil stereotype. In the interview, he said of the accusations, I'm proud what we do on the show. And I think it's time in our culture where people uh, it's just a time in our culture where people love to pretend that they're offended. Amen. We are outraged by outrage. Mm, eh, Not so much. Not so much. The best approach is to shrug off the outrage and let all of those people who are like, why you little just stew in their anger and their self-importance like spoiled children who throw a tantrum when they don't get ice cream for dinner. And when dad says no, they're like, why? Why? Eat my shorts. Okay. Because it's their problem. It's not my problem. You have a problem with that poo? Okay. You should deal with that because it's a cartoon. I think they're the ones who are disturbed. Starbucks botched it by giving in. Universities throughout the country have done the same. They led the way, but it never works. Nothing's ever good enough. Apu has been the mainstay on the show for decades. His identity has only become a problem after a documentary filmmaker whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce because I believe that that would be cultural appropriation, made an entire film accusing the show of racial stereotyping. As to be expected, the social justice warrior types who have been most offended know very little about the Simpsons. Uh, Otherwise, they would uh, see the cultural richness that the character Apu has given over the years. Wouldn't you say, Stu, as you watch it from your armchair and you study it, it's cultural richness. It certainly is. Yes. Um, He struggled with a few issues. I feel bad for Apu. He's by far one of the most nuanced characters on the show. And that's saying something. For a cartoon character. But that's not good enough for social justice warriors. They're arguing that it's a cultural appropriation to use a white actor to voice a poo. Now, this is Hank Azaria, one of the most impressive voice actors of our time. You know, it's like saying, Mel Blanc, how dare him do a Tasmanian devil? He's not from Tasmania. (laughs) That's cultural appropriation, too. (laughs) It is. Once an Indian actor would replace Azaria, they would argue that Apu character needs a name change because Apu, 
please. And maybe a different backstory and a new job. Notice that all these notions themselves are premised on stereotypes. Once again, the progressives are signaling virtue for the community rather than their own. It's funny that they don't have a problem with the character Cletus, who is based on the stereotype of a white, poor redneck with a litter of toothless children, most of whom run around the trailer park with shotguns. Anybody have a problem with Cletus? No, because I think it's funny. Why? Because it's a cartoon. How about the Scottish stereotype used with groundskeeper Willie? Or the stereotypes of the police, you know, the oversized donut-eating Chief Wiggum. Or politicians like the corrupt womanizing Mayor Quimby. Ever notice that? Are you saying all corrupt politicians sound like the Kennedys? The Fat Tony character. Oh my gosh, the stereotypes about organized crime. Grandma Simpson, or Grandpa Simpson is an ageist. Uh, Marge Simpson's status as a housewife perpetuates outdated general roles. How dare them? And where are the transgendered characters? Better yet, where are all the vegan, atheist, Latino, pixie, kin, non-gender, binary, Costa Rican pansexuals who teach feminism as, as they make your coffee? Where are all those characters? By the way, anybody notice that the only real progressive and non-funny one on the show is Lisa? So wait. The progressive is the smart one. That's not funny. I can't wait to watch The Simpsons when it's just Lisa lecturing us on how we have to live. Oh, get rid of all those other nonsensical characters. Let's just have Lisa. If she was just black. The message is clear. Buckling to demands and outrage only increase the demands and intensifies the outrage. What we've learned is that social justice warriors never get enough. And Matt Groening did the right thing by not bowing to their bullying. If they'd gotten their way with Apu, they would have gutted every cartoon they could ever get their, their hands on. You notice, oh my gosh, uh, uh, guns, we've got st- to stop all smoking and guns in movies. I mean, unless it's, you know, uh, making us lots of money. Then we'll keep those guns in the movie and we'll glorify them. But have you noticed all of the kids that are dropping safes on little bunny rabbits? No, I really haven't. They've largely succeeded in condemning certain books. I mean, when's the next book burning left? And condemning movies. They're doing it now to Kanye West. He's hard to stick up for. But doesn't he have a right to his opinion? By the way, burning books, banning movies, destroying people, that kind of sounds familiar, historically speaking, doesn't it? It's Wednesday, May 2nd. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Well, here we are again. (laughs) The Boy Scouts have just announced... Check on this. This cannot be. Perfect. I'm reading it uh, from <sighs> Boy Scouts are now changing their name to Scouts because the Boy Scouts have now let girls into the Boy Scouts. So it's sexist to say that they're Boy Scouts. Uh, it's, you know, the, the gender roles. Please stop. Get your kid out of the Scouts. 
Well, just <sighs> Scouts colon BSA is what their new name is. Well, I think the I think the BS still works. It's true. The B doesn't apparently. No, but the BS together in Scouts right. works better than it ever has. I think. <laughs> Like when Kentucky Fried Chicken wanted to deny essentially that they're making fried chicken, and yes. they're just like, "No, we're just KFC now. Those letters don't mean anything." Yeah, <laughs> Why? no, Why? I think these. I think BSA <laughs> makes even more sense than it did. Congratulations, Boy Scouts! You're officially over the BS of America. Is uh, it is? Uh, it is. Uh, you know, I've been a little optimistic today. That's kind of draining out of me, um, <laughs> but. Uh, Oh, I got some good stuff then to get you excited. Yeah, what? An Israeli airstrike on the western uh, Syrian city of Hama, which is like Hamas without the S, mm. uh, on Sunday uh, killed two dozen Iranian soldiers and targeted arms recently delivered from Iran, said three U.S. officials. And this is the latest sign that Israel and Iran are moving closer to open warfare. Quote, on the list of potentials for most likely live hostility around the world, the battle between Israel and Iran and Syria is at the top of the list right I'm kind now. of okay with that, as long as we stay out of it. I'm kind of okay with that. I'm okay. I think Israel will do well. Yeah, though Israel I, will do well. Let I them take care of it. I don't know that a, a highly inflamed Middle East is necessarily no, it's in not. our interest. it's not optimal. No. It's not optimal. You call it suboptimal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but who am I to judge? Um, I, I want to tell you that we have, we have been airing a show, and it's available now. Uh, on demand right now it's called faith keepers at the blaze.com slash tv and it was done by the clarion project and the founder and the ceo is uh, uh rabbi shore and he is on with us he's on with us now rabbi are you there i'm here glenn nice to be on your show how are you doing very very good i have to tell you um you you guys are responsible for some of the best stuff uh and the most the bravest stuff i think i've i've seen uh, on radicalized Islam and the Middle East. Um, you are the ones that were responsible for Obsession, which we based a, a documentary a special on uh, CNN years and years ago. Uh, we based it on Obsession. Uh, and and you were the first to really take the leap and tell that story in a compelling way for Americans to hear it. And now with Faith Keepers, here you are, a, 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 a rabbi, uh, and you are... Uh, holding up the Christians and saying, here, look, genocide's happening. Yes, indeed. Why is is it falling to a a rabbi to lead this? Well, I think it's actually perhaps a sensitivity that's uh, now pretty solidly embedded in our genetics. We have a sensitivity to suffering. Uh, The Jewish people have suffered their own genocide just less than a, a hundred years ago. And we also, in addition to the genocide, almost a million Jews were kicked out of the Middle East at the hands of the majority Muslim countries. And now we're seeing it happen to the Christians in the Middle East. And I guess because we've experienced it, we're sensitive to it. And I see what's happening, and I view it not just as a threat to those minority groups in the Middle East, but it's a threat to Americans, because this is a movement of radical Islam that is global. And so I feel that it's necessary to alert Christians as well as every good American to this big threat facing the world. As we are as we are seeing this um, movement spread, it is incredible to me that, you know, people have a hard time, um, you know, understanding the enemy when the enemy seems to them to be crazy. 
It's why people didn't stand up right away when they heard about the Holocaust, even some of the German people, because some of the German people even said they would never do that. They would never do that. Um, And but that was generally the world. When you have an enemy like radicalized Islam in uh, in particular here with ISIS and Iran, their ideology is that, you know, the imam of time is coming and going to wash the world in blood. Nobody is getting their arms around this. They just think that, oh, they're just really bad guys. Don't we need to look a little deeper? Yes, indeed. And and what's astonishing is that people do tend to think that this threat is just about uh, a few crazy terrorists in various places in the world. But the fact is that there is approaching one and a half billion Muslims. Now, even if the great majority are, are moderate, the... There is a solid minority, and it could be 5 or 10% that really carry this ideology that you're talking about of the desire to see a victory of Islam over every other religion and every other civilization on the planet. And they're determined to do it with terror and with many other vehicles as well. And they're not so crazy, and we're talking about, therefore, 100 million-plus people. And so this is kind of the greatest threat to civilization and Western civilization that we have facing us today, and yet uh, people tend to marginalize it and think, oh, it's just um, some terror attacks or just some, some brown people far away that are, that are getting hurt. And it's, it's really not like that at all. Um, you, there are several uh, references to the Armenian genocide that happened with Turkey that no one will, no one will admit to still in Turkey. Um, have you been called on the carpet at all i bet you've heard some backlash on on saying that it's like the armenian genocide and and if so how do you defend that well i think that the armenian genocide is just exactly the the topic that we're dealing with that uh in between 1914 and 1922 there was three and a half million armenian christians uh that were killed in in the ottoman empire and um at the hands of radicalized Muslims, and this is just an example. Then you move a little bit uh, a little bit later, and then, as I said, the Jewish communities of the entire Middle East were dispelled and persecuted and left uh, to the tune of almost a million around in the late 40s. And then today, the, the, in the last few decades, the Christian community, which at the turn of the century in the Middle East was around 20%, is now only 3 to 5%. So this is going on for over 100 years in quite some intensity and the armenian genocide was just the beginning of it hitler hitler was clear when he said nobody paid attention to the armenian christians and if that happens we can do whatever we want with the jews are you concerned if we don't pay attention to this now in the middle east that somebody's learning a lesson that the world doesn't care yes definitely uh there are many um, theories that, that hitler at the beginning would have been satisfied. I mean, he was a horrible, horrible, evil man, and he probably would have been satisfied with just getting the Jews out of Germany or possibly out of all of Europe if the world would have just accepted them or mm-hmm. if the British had allowed them to go to to Israel at that time, but they did they did not. And as a result, Hitler said, what am I supposed to do? They're not letting them out of Europe. And so he drew the conclusion that the world does not care and does not like the Jews, and then he proceeded to the final solution. And I, d- I definitely think that that is something that that turns around in history, and when yeah. evil people see 
that the rest of the world does not care. They are empowered and emboldened, and I think that's what's going on with the Iranians and the radicalized Muslims all over the planet today. Uh, Rabbi, uh, uh, Rabbi Shore from the Clarion Project, the founder and CEO, thank you so much, and thank you for all of your hard work. The documentary is Faith Keepers, and right now if you go to theclarionproject.org, you can get Obsession for free. That is a must-have. If you've never seen it, you need to. You can get that for free, and the film Faith Keepers discounted for five ninety nine uh, for for both of them. So free and five ninety nine. First five thousand people who sign up for our newsletter will get the shipping. That is at theclarionproject.org. Go there now. You can also see Faith Keepers the movie uh, on demand now at the Blaze. Sponsor this half hour. Goldline. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Listen to last hour if you were thinking about, uh, oh, I don't know if I need to prepare. Uh, The things that are going on in the world, and we were just talking about it with Israel, that can change everything. I'm very concerned about the 70th anniversary that is coming up with uh, Israel, and and Donald Trump is going to be there opening the U.S. embassy. I mean, if that isn't an important date, I don't know what is. Israel is now preparing for to go to war uh, with uh, with Iran. What are we going to do? This whole thing is a house of cards. And one day you're going to wake up and you're going to realize, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean I can't get I can't get my money out of the bank or I can only get this or it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen when it does. What are you going to do? May I suggest that you have some food, you have some, you know, the basic stuff, and you have some gold. Gold is the hedge against insanity and, and against inflation, and God forbid, hyperinflation. Gold, the world always returns to common sense and always returns to gold. 866-GOLDLINE. Read the important risk information and find out if gold or silver is right for you. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. You know, we don't always do themed programs here, um, but today we have a goal in mind. The entire, yes, the entire goal of the program is to take you, Glenn, from uh, optimism to pessimism. Because when you're optimistic, that means usually the future is 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 dark. What do you? I mean, what do you have? What do you have to to make that clear? I mean, that's not true. Well, I've already given you the fact that there might be a war in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I've given you that the that the Boy Scouts are no longer going to be called the Boy Scouts. They're removing the word boy, but they're keeping the BS in BS of A. They so. are. They are doing I, I, want a, I want a t-shirt that says, keeping the BS in the BS of A. When you buy your kids uh, when you buy your kids cartoon DVDs like Bugs Bunny and Foghorn Leghorn, you mm-hmm. get this. Some of the cartoons you're about to see are a product of their time. They may depict, depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudices mm. that were commonplace in American society. These depictions were wrong then and are wrong today. While, we were following, while the following does not represent the Warner Brothers' view of today's society, some of these cartoons are being presented as they were originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming these prejudices never existed. Okay, all right. Oh, whatever. You're such a rookie at this. You want to be, pe- you want to be pessimistic? Hmm. 
Let me take you to China. Okay. Where the Chinese <laughs> have just adopted a new exciting artificial intelligence technology. Oh, great. It's great. Glenn, You're going to love it. Mercury. Next. Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the program. So glad that you're here. Uh, there is a lot to uh, discuss today. Uh, we have some some really good history on a guy named John Kasser uh, that we're going to get to that Kanye kind of stumbled into yesterday. He didn't really know it, but it's worth discussing so you can talk on social media with your friends and introduce them to somebody. Oh, wow. you seem like you're a little optimistic there. I am optimistic. Hey, that's I great. Am. You know, Kanye is actually making me optimistic because not because of, you know, oh, he's coming to our side or whatever. He's probably nuts. I mean, he's he's got a long, long, long list of saying crazy things. George Bush hates black people, etc. Um, so he's just as likely to say, you know what? That moon, that moon landing was a movie uh, next week as he does to say, and I learned something else from Thomas Sowell. <laughs> So, but I'm I'm optimistic because he's bringing this conversation of free thought into the mainstream, and I think we are. There's a possibility that there's a dam break here. Uh, it's possible, and that's good that you're uh, optimistic. At least it would be for Why normal you, people. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I've been around you a long time. Mm-hmm. I remember in 1999 you being very pessimistic, particularly about Osama bin Laden, and then in and 2000 it paid off. Did it? Uh, well, because then it, I mean, and then 2001 happens. Yeah, and then you become optimistic optimistic because we made it what everyone else is is is, you know right i just tell you what's coming and then when it comes i'm like yeah but don't worry about it it's gonna gonna make it with the housing crisis right you were very pessimistic in 2007 and 2008 and then you became optimistic after that absolutely and rip it off the so it is a little concerning that i am optimistic now the lesson i learned is to try to make you pessimistic pessimistic because then good things will happen to me all right. Okay, that's what no, I want out of this. No, but I don't think okay. that's necessarily... Let me tell you a little story, actually. All right. Now that we're on this topic. All right. Coming up in just a short time, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell the story of a, of a man. He's an older man. Had a great career. Worked hard. Really rose to incredible heights in his industry. And then you ruined his life. I ruined his life? You ruined his life. I ruined his life. Mm-hmm. And- he was very well respected. And then you came along. Is it Van Jones? <laughs> Are you? Is this no, a surprise? Another, is this a surprise? Bringing Van Jones no, on? No, Van no. Jones is not on the program today. <laughs> okay, no, all right. That would have been a surprise. That would have been a surprise. Yes, yes. we okay. have someone uh, that you've never spoken to before, huh. to my knowledge. Okay, uh, and I think, and this you, is you, just to tear me down. This I want to hurt your feelings. Now <laughs> I don't know that this person necessarily explains the this career arc the same way but this right. is how i'm looking at it and this is how okay. you should also be looking all at right it. you know uh we could just go to china you want to be pessimistic about things you want to here you want to look at your phone in a whole new way instead of like wow this is the greatest device mm-hmm. you know and not when you get mad at it and you're like why isn't this thing no not that look at it like this is trouble let me take you to china China announced yesterday that they have begun monitoring employees' brain waves and emotions 
uh, through uh, a, a new chip. And it has boosted one of the company's profits by $315 million. Mm. <laughs> employees, b- quoting, employees' brainwaves are reportedly being monitored in factories, state-owned enterprises, and the military across China. The technology works by placing wireless sensors in employees' caps or their hats, which combined with artificial intelligence algorithms spot incidents of workplace rage, anxiety, and sadness. Quoting, employers use this emotional surveillance technology by then tweaking workflows, including employee placement and breaks to increase productivity and profits. Mm. A dozen businesses and Chinese military are now using this program. Uh, They thought we could read their mind. Speaking of the, you know, employees, this caused some discomfort and resistance in the beginning. (laughs) Did it? Yeah. Mm. But after a while, they all got used to the device and they wear it all day at work now. When the system issues a warning, the manager asks that worker to take the day off or move to a less critical post. Some jobs require high concentration, and there is no room for mistake. Widespread use of emotion monitoring may mark a new stage in China's surveillance state. They have generally been focused on facial recognition and increased Internet censorship. Now, you say to yourself, what could possibly happen? What could go wrong with something like that? (laughs) This is actually, just to help you out, this is actually not the first step. The first step we found out about four weeks ago, and it is China imposing a social credit system. Now, this will be fully implemented by 2020. Listen to this. The Chinese state is setting up a vast ranking system that will monitor the behavior of its enormous population and rank them based on their social credit. The social credit system, first announced in 2014, aims to reinforce the idea that keeping trust is glorious and breaking trust is disgraceful. The program will be fully optimized, and I'm quoting, fully operational, you shouldn't use Death Star lingo yeah. in your, in your giant government programs. Fully operational. <laughs> Don't use that. No. By 2020, it's being piloted now for millions of people already. It is mandatory. Here it is. So far, it is piecemeal. Private credit, uh, credit scores, people will now have a social score, and it will move up and down depending on your behavior. What the methodology is, is still secret, a little like the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> Examples of infractions include bad driving, smoking in non-smoking zones, playing too many video games, or posting fake news online. Well, I don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Nine million people already with low scores have been blocked from buying tickets for domestic airplane flights. Nine million. They can also clamp down on luxury items. Three million people are now barred from getting business class train tickets. The eventual system will punish bad passengers specifically 
Potential misdeeds include trying to ride with no ticket, loitering in front of a boarding gate, or smoking in non-smoking areas. What possible abuse could happen here? Um, They also are going to monitor whether you pay your bills on time. Other offenses here, uh, too long playing video games, wasting money on what the state says is frivolous purchases, and posting on social media. Spreading fake news, specifically about terrorist attacks, airport security, or anything about the government is also punishable. 17 people who refused to carry out military service last year were barred from enrolling in higher education, applying for high school, or continuing their studies. Citizens with a low socials credit will also be prohibited from enrolling their children at high-paying private schools. Uh, Trust-breaking individuals will be banned from doing any kind of management jobs in state-owned firms and big banks. Some crimes, like fraud and embezzlement, will also have big effects on social credit. People who refuse the military service are banned from uh, from holidays and hotels. So holiday is like the English holiday, vacation. The regime wards people as as well as punishes them. People with good scores speed up travel applications to places like Europe. An unidentified woman in Beijing told the BBC she was able to book a hotel without having to pay a cash deposit because she had a good score. Naming and shaming is the other tactic. The government put people on notice that companies uh, need to consult the blacklist before hiring people or giving them contracts. However, people will be notified by the courts before they are added to the list and are allowed to appeal the decision within 10 days. Uh, That'll work out well. You'll definitely get something overturned from the Chinese government. Can you imagine that? I mean, this is, uh, if you saw the Black Mirror episode, that I am completely convinced was based on this program. Like, it's not the other way around. People are like, oh, well, this is just like that Black Mirror episode. No, it's Black Mirror just made it Americanized and made it, uh, you know, a fictional version of it where every interaction you have, you can rate the person that you've had this reaction with. Now, this is more individuals, but the same thing happened with plane tickets. The the woman was going to to fly to a wedding. Right, she couldn't. And she couldn't because her her social score had fallen below a certain Mm -hmm. point and she was not allowed to buy an airplane ticket. Right. And this happens and, and it gets cycles out of control for her in the episode. It's worth watching if you've ever never, it's, never it's, seen it. It's, it is it's this. exactly this story in it, action, except this one's from the government. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, yeah, th- yeah. I guess the government system had been applied um, where this is more people rating you um, in individual interactions. But I bet that's going to be part of it. You know, of course well, it is. Eventually. The Chinese people are very excited about it because they say people used to cross the street outside of crosswalks and they no longer do that because if you're caught on camera uh, crossing wow. a street, not obeying the traffic laws, then you are automatically going to get to points deducted. But if you go to the government website for dating and you have the government match you up with a spouse, you get extra points. Oh, wow. Very nice. Uh, is this terrifying? Terrifying. And, and and bits and pieces of this are already coming. I was I saw an ad uh, the other day for a new car insurance company. And the car insurance company has a new technology that monitors your phone. You sign up for the car insurance company. You drive around for two weeks. It monitors everything you do while you're driving around. And then it takes you, if you're a safe driver, a safe driver, whatever that mm-hmm. means, right? So the idea is that you get better rates because they don't have to insure the crappy drivers. They can only insure the good drivers. 
because they're going to monitor you driving around to see if you exceed speed limits to see, I mean, really everything that you're doing, right? That's great. Uh, in theory, is that uh, oh, that's a, a good idea? I mean, part, yeah, you know, you know my first reaction was, oh, I should sign up for that. Yeah. And then I thought, they're not going to see me as a safe driver. I right. shouldn't sign up for that. Uh, you know, but the other thing, <laughs> the nice thing is, is, you know, as long as like Pat's had a couple of surgeries, we've had some people with cancer, mm-hmm. as long as we fire those people or don't hire them, our insurance rates will be a lot cheaper. Yeah. So when we have somebody who's sick, we should just get them off. That's the kind of thinking this is. This is really dangerous. And and China now is implementing brain scans to be able to read the workers' minds. This is not some you know futuristic novel. This is in place today in China. What do you think, America? Do you think maybe we should try to maybe do a Manhattan Project for AI? Because whoever gets AI first is going to rule the world. Hmm, you seem a little pessimistic uh, there. That's wow. Your future, your outlook on the future doesn't look too bright right now. Oh, but then I remember that I have this happy surprise coming up in just a few minutes from you. Oh, no. And suddenly I'm more optimistic. I'm hoping it goes very badly. Very badly. I ruined his life. In my view, you've ruined his life, yes. I don't know that he would say that, but he might not, he, you know, it's hard to examine yourself, you know. And Would I know his name? You would definitely, with 100% certitude, will know this guy's name. 100%. And you've oh, never yeah. talked to him before. I am 100, 100% ah, sure know you will know his is. name. It's not like a family member. It is not a family member. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. Now, see, I'm optimistic. I'm excited. There's something to live for in the next 20 minutes. Uh, All right. Let me tell you about LifeLock. Vulnerability on on your life. Look at what we just talked about. Now, somebody is hacking into all of those things. I don't know if you heard this. Casino in Las Vegas. What was the movie? Ocean's Eleven. You saw what Ocean's Eleven was like. Okay. I, I mean... I'm pretty sure that they have something kind of like all of those devices to make sure that nobody hacks in to the casinos. It's not a documentary, Glenn. Jeez. So hackers. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, hackers, and this is true, just happened, accessed a smart thermometer at a casino, and they hacked in and got all of the information in the database of high rollers from the thermometer. You don't think somebody's going to get your stuff? It's the Internet of Things. Everything is connected. And if there is one tiny little space open where somebody can get in, they're going to get in. That's why the new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection has added the power of Norton Security to help you protect against threats to your identity and to your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. And if you have a problem, they have agents who are going to work to fix it. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with the new LifeLock with Norton Security, they're able to uncover the threats you might otherwise miss. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK. Additional 10% off your first year. Promo code BECK at LifeLock.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck, 
65% of 8th graders in American public schools, 65% are not proficient in reading. Eh, it's overrated. 67% are not uh, proficient in mathematics. Hmm. We need more money. Uh, in the urban districts, it's even worse. Um, in Detroit, only 5% of 8th grade students are proficient in reading. And only 7% are proficient or better in, uh, in math. So that means 95% aren't? Mm-hmm. It's not really the right math, but I figured it. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, you mean because of the 7%? Yes. Yeah. Uh, in Cleveland public schools, only 11% of 8th graders were proficient or better in math. And 10% were proficient or better in reading. Baltimore, 11% in math. 13% in reading. In Fresno, 11% and 14 in reading. You don't need it anymore, though. You just you just need to be able to Google through your, your, your brain chip, and then everything's going to be fine. Yeah. You can, well, you can't read anything, but <laughs> eventually someone will read, and you can't write, you know, you can't write what you were looking for into Google. They just had the guy on 60 Minutes who did it without typing anything. It was attached to his... Oh, it's going to be so Remember great. that? It, he, they heard yeah. the question, it Googled it for you, and it told you through your ear, and you gave the answer. That'd be so fantastic. And if I could get a chip in my brain that monitors how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking, gives me a score on where I can go and what I can do, and the government can read that, oh, man, they were right. China is the bright, bright future. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Okay, I don't know if anybody's noticed this. Uh, Stu, have you heard Kanye West has a new album coming out? No, yes. does he now? Yeah, he's in the news a lot lately, but he I should be tweeting. He should be, you know. Uh, and coincidentally, while everyone is talking about him, he's got a new album coming out. Wow. Now, my guess is it's going to be the worst reviewed album he's ever done without a doubt if jesus <laughs> is singing with him mm-hmm. and god himself wrote the music it's going to get bad reviews but that's what's happening okay uh the man knows what he's doing he throws you know he throws curveballs into the culture all the time and it is that whirling undertone of identity politics that you know bush hates black people that's me that's kanye west now he's doing it the other way. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't mean what he's saying, although some of it is doubtless tongue in cheek. But what I am saying is that Kanye does this every time that he's about to release an album. Last time he went on Kimball and appeared to lose his mind. Before that, he was effectively banished to Hawaii after his Taylor Swift snafu. This is what he does. Now, hopefully, you know, he's going to get some word out into the culture about free thinking but let's remember kanye is part of a family that found its way to make millions of dollars for posting selfies on instagram which they literally get paid to use they've also found a way to monetize americans emotional reactions and that's what's happening here every time a pundit or a journalist does a piece about kanye cha-ching he wins every bit of of offense cha-ching he wins now the album is going to come out and he'll go on a massive tour and then he'll vanish again and make another album. It's what he does. It's part of his unique ability to sell himself as a brand 
quite honestly, much like the president of the United States does. Trump and Kanye West, they're contrarian. They fight the power constantly, but they are the power. They both love riling the feathers of the elite. And right now, the elite happen to be a bunch of bratty, intolerable social justice warriors running amok through the country. For now, Kanye may be kind of on your side if you're a free thinker. And, and, and whether you're just up to, you know, buying into the hype or not. It's Wednesday, May 2nd. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, I've been promised a surprise. I've been in a very good mood today. Mm-hmm. And I've been promised a surprise by Stu. He's been trying to destroy my career, uh, destroy my <laughs> mood all day. That's what I do. Because I'm positive and he doesn't like it when I'm positive. It's very true. And that's why we've brought to you, I think, a cool surprise today. You've promised me someone that I will know. Mm-hmm. 100% will know the name. And uh, that I have destroyed their career. <laughs> well, I don't think he would describe it that way. I'm trying to make you feel bad, so I'm describing it that way. And more than his career, his entire life. Because here's a guy <laughs> who has had an incredible career mm-hmm. for many, many decades. Mm-hmm. And then around the early 2000s, something changes in that career. Mm-hmm. And it involves you very closely. Really? Yes. Is he a celebrity? He is. And I would know his name. A hundred percent will know his name. I, I, this have is, we ever talked about him before? We have never talked about him on that. We've never talked about him on the air before. I don't think. Okay. Maybe once or twice. Okay. But, but that doesn't. So who is it? Ladies and gentlemen, a 60, I mean, a, a working actor for about 60 years. Welcome to the program. Glenn Beck. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Glenn, how are hello, you? Hello, hello, hello. I have been a fan of yours since Space Space Odyssey, all the way to your fine, fine work on Haters Back Off. <laughs> oh, you saw that one. <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen your work. I've seen your work. You were just in the movie we were talking yeah. about recently. Um, Little Pink House. Little Pink House. You're Little in that. Little Pink House, so for sure. And that was a wonderful experience. It was a very quick cameo, but uh, had a great time with Catherine and, and Courtney. So, uh, speaking to Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck program, uh, what, uh, I apologize for anything that I have (laughs) inflicted on your life. What has it been like to be, to be confused, to have the same name, same spelling? Well, I I found out some years ago that, uh, that you were, you were, uh, exactly the same spelling and everything. And, uh, I just took it as, yes, that's fine. Uh, what do we do? But uh, I guess I've gotten your way a little bit, and you probably got in my way a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you have a hard time? Has anyone in Hollywood given you a hard time for having the name Glenn Beck in the last ten years? Oh, not at all, not at all. The only the only problem I had was uh, a little story that uh, uh, the uh, casting director called my agent and said, uh, "Was I available?" to go to Romania, and uh, and uh, they mentioned the money and everything like that, and uh, quick verbal contract, and uh, then I found that they were actually looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't go to, I mean, 
you would have if you would have gone to if you would have gone to Romania, I guarantee it wasn't a movie role. They wanted you for something else. You would have never returned. I'm I'm sure of it. Did you do that? Did you did you did you do that job? Uh, no, I actually I, didn't. I do know what you're talking about. They wanted to make a a movie. I think it was Sharknado. Uh, Sharknado. Was, they were filming <laughs> yeah. in Bulgaria in Romania. Romania. And wanted me yeah. to go, and I, I couldn't make the time. Well, funnily enough, um, I, I found lately that a verbal contract, if they mention the money and everything, is binding. But they, when, it, when my agent phoned up and said, perhaps, uh, you know, you could uh, dance a little bit of cash, and uh, they said, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I, I could have I taken them to court for that, but... Uh, mm. Unfortunately, it's it's the Canadian law, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're up in you're up in Canada. How old of a man are you now? Do you mind me asking? I'm eighty two. Eighty two, and yeah. you have been you were in Doctor Strangelove. I mean, you have been in the movies. Yes, I was. You've been in the movies forever. It seems. I mean, you're you've got to be one of one of the longest running actors yeah. around. Well, I, I suppose I am. I mean. I just worked with Chris Plummer, and uh, he's 90-something. He's just turned 90, and we had a little poker scene together. That's amazing. So so um, tell me, like, who have you met or who has taught you anything that's been instrumental in your life? Or, you know, what is – tell me some of the behind-the-scenes of being, you know, a Glenn Beck that used his powers for good as opposed to evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yeah, that that, that's something that we must keep uh, must keep uh, <clears throat> keep our good names together yes. uh, without <laughs> yes. without fail. Anyway, uh, when I first started out, it was in Vancouver, where I am now, and uh, there's some absolutely wonderful people who who taught me a great deal. And I did I did some some work from the age of. Well, uh, from the age of, I, I got I'm 61 years in the business anyway. And uh, these people helped me, helped me along the way. But when I got to England, it was absolutely wonderful because every actor that I worked with worked hard, which is not the case in, in Vancouver at that time. And they, they really worked, uh, worked well. I learned so much absolutely working and, People like Albert Finney, I worked with uh, in the West End, and uh, Jim Dale. You may you may know Jim Dale. He he did Barnum on Broadway and stuff like that. So you, I mean, you worked. There is a difference between an English actor and a North American actor because they take well, their craft not seriously. Not anymore, particularly, but uh, at that time it, it was kind of semi-pro in Vancouver and uh, and. And once I got to England, it was uh, it, the learning all 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 came from from uh, from uh, particularly in movies, you know, because I did an enormous amount of stage as well. I we actually I didn't realize, uh, you know, first of all, the length and, and all the credits that you have. I mean, two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. There's there's incredible amounts of uh, of, of really well known stuff that you've been in, Glenn. Um, but I was amazing to see. I'm looking at the credits of Little Pink House, the movie, and I see Glenn Beck. And this is a case, the Kilo case in the Supreme Court, which is an incredibly important case that we have talked about for years and years and years and years. 
And looking yeah. at that, I thought I maybe, yeah, I thought maybe they had cast the Glenn Beck here sitting with me in the movie because, you know, Glenn's done his share, as you mentioned, Sharknado, they wanted him in that, but you've done your share of movies uh, and, and TV stuff where you've appeared as yourself. I thought it was going to be that, and then here you are. Is it Was it at all strange uh, to kind of be involved in a movie like this, and, and, and what was the experience like? Well, I, you know, it, it was a job, and uh, it, was a, it was a good job because you know, I believed in... I believed in what they were what they were trying to fight and uh, various things, and also I, I it was a job, money, <laughs> etc. Did you did I don't work for nothing? Have you had a yeah. Have you had a good life, Glenn? Yes. If you could, yes, and I'm still having a good life. That's I'm great. Still, I'm I'm still working, and uh, you know, but obviously, whatever. obviously, uh, what would be the what would be the wisdom that you would leave us? From one Glenn Beck to another. Why would I leave it? No, no, no. What what wisdom could you leave us with? Uh, death. <laughs> <laughs> no, not when are you going to leave us with wisdom? No, no, no. Do you have any advice from one Glenn Beck to another? Yeah, that's that's probably a better way of saying it. Do you have any advice? Well, Life advice. Uh, well. <laughs> Be nice to people on the way up because you might need them on the way down. Boy, is that is that not great advice? Yeah, not great advice. That's great, uh, Glenn. Uh, just one quick question because my daughter will kill me. Uh, we watch uh, backers hate off or uh, haters, haters back, back off uh, with Miranda. Uh, and uh, what is what is that actress like when she's not Miranda? Oh, she's very sweet, very nice. You know, just uh, just. Uh, um, an ordinary, wonderful, good actress. Yeah, no, she's a great, she's a, a great actress. Strange, very strange role, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, Glenn, it's, uh, it's just a pleasure to talk to you, sir. And I'm, I'm sorry for any of the damage that I may have done to your career and to your good name. Uh, but uh, we should before before Glenn leaves, we should mention also uh, in National Treasure played Abraham Lincoln. Oh, yes, There's right. a heck of a role. National Treasure, yeah, I've. Uh, Played Abraham Lincoln. They had to come all the way to England to find uh, a Canadian who could play Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, uh, Glenn Beck. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. God bless. Well, it's my pleasure and pleasure as well. Thank you, Mister Beck, and uh, we will maybe talk and run into each other another time. It would be an honor. Thank you so much, sir. See, that just made me more optimistic. I more made a opti- new friend. I know. He was he was way too nice. That's I was the hoping. second Glenn Beck that I have a lot of respect for. <laughs> it's the first for me. <laughs> I was really hoping he would be like, you know, I had this incredible role lined up and they said, no way are we putting Glenn Beck in this movie. And it ruined his career. Unfortunately, not true. I sh- we should have got it. We should have gotten in touch with him earlier and, yeah. and, and gave him yeah, yeah. some. Uh, I mean, he's an actor. He could have pulled it off. He should have said that you're, you ruined his career. Hmm. I guess, I guess maybe a producer or a writer would have thought of that in advance before the performance. Nobody said I was fast. <laughs> Let me tell you about um, Mother's Day. Mother's Day is coming up not this Sunday, but the Sunday after. What have you done? Do you oh, wow. have anything? Got anything going? I mean, uh, how many weeks did you say? You got to watch. Uh, not this Sunday, but okay. next. Oh, God, plenty of time. You and I are so much alike. <laughs> it's so tr- it's that's why one eight hundred flowers is is a good thing to have because you don't have to 
think about it in a, in a lot in advance. Amen. <laughs> no, no, no. I think a lot about it. Uh, no, no, no. I, well, that, what I meant is from other people. Yes. Those people don't have yes. to think about it. Now, I've already obviously purchased uh, stuff from uh, 1-800-Flowers. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I purchased them because I've put a lot of thought into it, and I'm not a procrastinator. That's the whole point of capitalism, though, isn't it? Yes, it is. To me, it's like taking, it taking events that would be difficult for you to do, still executing them really well, mm-hmm. but you don't have to put any effort into it. Could, could Stu and I give you a little piece of advice as well? If you're a new dad and your wife is like, no, honey, I, you know, we don't need anything. Don't, I just not, you're not my mother. Do not listen to her. Okay. Don't listen to no. her. Don't listen to her. Take this from, a, I've had two wives, so I have experience. I'm more experienced than most people. Okay. I've done this twice. So <laughs> that's not a good commercial for your anyway, marriage Mother's quality. Day. Don't screw this up. Mother's Day. 1-800-Flowers. Giving you exclusive 24 for 24 offer. 24 multicolored roses for $24. That's only a dollar per rose. Bright and beautiful mix. Premium roses. Rainbow of colors. 24 multicolored roses for $24. It is a special for Mother's Day. And you can pick the delivery date. But, you know, I highly recommend Mother's Day or the day before. Order the beautiful roses for 24 bucks. All you have to do is go to 1-800-Flowers.com, 1-800-Flowers.com. Click on the radio icon, enter the promo code BECK. 1-800-Flowers.com, promo code BECK. Order now. This offer expires tomorrow. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. That's amazing to, to talk to that guy who's a Hollywood actor named Glenn Beck. If you look at what he has done, he's, you know, Dr. Strangelove. He did uh, Space Odyssey. He uh, worked with Anthony Hopkins, uh, Clive Owen, Christopher Plummer. Plummer. He's, uh, uh, he was in the original Doctor Who series. I mean, the guy has just been, and it's, it's weird. Um uh, you know, probably for him, <laughs> you know, he had a good thing going for him. And then this guy comes along and he's like, oh, geez, do you have to have my same name? Um, last hour, we were talking about the the cities and the urban districts that have the worst scores now in uh, America. And if you look at the the top 30 scores, the percentage of eighth grades, uh, eighth graders. Here, here, here they are. Number one, Charlotte with 41% in math. Austin, 38%. San Diego, 36 These are eighth graders who are proficient in math. Boston, number four with 33. Guilford County, 31. Hillsborough County, Florida, 29. New York City, 28. Chicago, 27. Denver, 26. Clark County, 25. Jefferson County, 25. Duval County, 25. Miami-Dade, 24. Houston, 24. Albuquerque, 22. Los Angeles, 20. D.C., 20. Dallas, 20. Atlanta, 19. Fort Worth, 19. Philadelphia, 16. Shelby County, 12. Milwaukee, 12. Cleveland, 11. Baltimore City, 11. Fresno, 11. Detroit, 5. 5% are proficient in math. 
this to me is is in some ways kind of along the lines of what Kanye was talking about. People are being enslaved. Doesn't matter what color you are, but you are being enslaved. If you only have 5% of the 8th graders that are proficient in math, they have no future. They have no future. The best one is Charlotte with 41%? Which is really terrible. Well, the, the only way to solve this is to lower the standards. That's what winds up happening. Like, it well, is. you don't need to... Well, uh, proficient in math doesn't mean addition. Try this, try this for reading. Try this for reading. Austin, number one, with 36%. San Diego, 35, Hillsborough, 34, Boston, 32, Duval County, 31, Jefferson uh, County, 30, Guilford County, 30, Miami-Dade, 30, Charlotte, 30, Denver, 29, New York City, 28, Clark County, 27, Chicago, 27, Albuquerque, 25, a quarter, a quarter of eighth graders can't, can read. Only a quarter. Only a quarter can read. Los Angeles, 23. District of Columbia, 21. You think you're, going, you're not going to be a slave to somebody? You are a slave to the system. You can, if you can't read, and have you tried to get your kids to read? Old classics are not fast enough. Because they're used to things happening so fast, so rapidly, that you try to get your kids to read an old book, and they're too I, slow. I Look, I'm, you know, I can't read largely can't read non-fiction or fiction I, I can't i can't be bothered oh, with some them. of the greatest joys of my life and they're great books we've had tons of great authors that write amazing stories and i just you know for fiction i'm not willing to stick around for non-fiction i'll stick around and read long books because i want to know the the information i want to understand the arguments i mean I, I like that stuff but if you can't read you don't have that choice yeah you don't even have the choice you don't have the choice. How can you, how can anybody, you know, Kanye can say, hey, I just found Thomas Sowell. Who's going to read him? No. He's talking to a group of people that are n- never going to read him. And it's how you get sucked into arguments like AIDS That's was right. created by the government to kill off black That's right. people. That's right. We are enslaving ourselves, and it has nothing to do with color. Glenn Beck. Mercury. So I remember several years ago, Glenn was uh, selling his house. And here's the thing, when you're with Glenn every day, you actually have to deal with it. Like, he gets off the air and he still keeps blabbing about all the problems he's having with his house. It was agonizing. You weren't there. I was. It wasn't fun. Uh, Luckily, he actually took a positive step to correct this issue because he was having issues with his real estate agent at the time. And he decided to create the company realestateagentsitrust.com. And the idea was, hey, there's got to be a better way to sell a house than just depending on this person you barely know and not getting updates. There's got to be great agents out there, and there are, but they are all hard to find. And uh, unless you have realestateagentsitrust.com, you might not be able to find the best one. If you go there, they're going to give you a, there's a network of over 1,200 agents. You can find the best one in your area really easily. Go there if you're going to try to sell your house or buying a home realestateagentsitrust.com let these agents earn your business realestateagentsitrust.com you're listening to the Glenn Beck program (laughs) alright let me tell you let me tell you you know we were just talking about you know how schools we're passing kids and dumping them into society without the ability to read or write or to think at all. We're paying for that now. 
and and why aren't we fixing that when when you have 40 percent of the kids in eighth grade tests not being able to do math or read uh, i'm sorry only 40 percent being able to pass a test on math and reading six 60%. And that's a good number. It's down to 5% in Detroit. What what are we dooming them to? We we try to argue about the, you know, the higher intellectual points of the constitution. They can't even yeah. read it. Right, even people who who do read and even like to read won't read the constitution. Yeah. I mean, and people right. who like, they can't read. Right. And obviously been, it's a huge percentage here. We've been saying, "Hey, you know, we got to read this stuff. We got to read it." No, we have to teach our children how to read. Or they are all going to be slaves. So we started something last year with Mercury One. It's our leadership program. Uh, it starts in just four weeks. The uh, first two-week session starts May 28th, so at the end of this month. The second two-week session starts on June 11th, and the third one on July 9th. If you or someone you know between the ages of 18 and 25 with a passion for discovering the truth and, and a desire to become a stronger leader... Please share this with them. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, a two-week journey of discovery, guest speakers, myself, David and Tim Barton, others, uh, and you actually are engaged in, uh, in projects uh, and going through the actual documents and the actual things. We just got a piece in from uh, Thomas Paine that is unbelievable. It is his handwritten letter to Benjamin Franklin. Saying, no, that's not what I meant. I'm not an atheist. I do believe in God. I am trying to make the case for the French. Well, that turns history completely upside down. One, one student that graduated last year, she wrote something. What was it on? It was, oh, man, I can't remember now. It was either on the New Deal or something. Slavery. I can't remember what it was. I'll have to look it up and, and find out, but... She wrote a paper and the uh, the professor, she wrote it in college and she expected the professor just to hammer her. And the professor said, can I see you after class? Yes. He gave her an A and said, can I meet with you? Because I don't know where these sources are. How did you find these sources? And she very wisely didn't mention my name or David Barton. She said, here's where you can find them online. She's been helping him learn about the truth he's a professor he didn't even know how to find these original documents so if you want to participate there is a there is a small uh charge um and you have to pay for the hotel and the food and everything but it's two weeks it is so well worth it not everybody is going to be accepted you do have to apply and you will be um you will be um uh interviewed for the position but it's happening again may 28th next session is july 11th and the final session is uh, sorry june 11th and the final session is july 9th apply now you can do it at mercuryone.org slash ltp amazing that meeting these kids last year and then seeing them after two weeks and they were totally transformed it it was astonishing huge huge step up for your life right i mean because if you're if you're educated to this point you bring back to you know five percent of people can actually read and do math in some of these cities the advantage you have is is substantial last year we had like four or five teachers we had people that were teachers Mm. that said i wanted to go back um because they they knew they were missing american history and they didn't know 
They didn't even know where to start. So we had teachers come, and we've heard from them saying, it's remarkable how it has changed. <clears throat> They're teaching and changed the people around them. Yeah, my, my uncle is a history teacher, <clears throat> and he mm-hmm. visited here. This is not part of the program, but just, you know, we gave him the sort of little, whatever, private tour there is of just yeah. basically walking around where all your, your uh, art, you know, artifacts are strewn out all over the place. And he was amazed, you know, I mean, just seeing some of the, the just the artifacts that, that because it's, it's one thing to learn about them. It's one thing to, for someone to tell you, hey, there was once a letter that Ben Frank, that was written to Ben Franklin that explained X, Y, and Z. It's another thing to actually see it. And when you read the actual words in their handwriting, it, it makes a real impact on you. Standing there, we have a big book now of just letters from early signers of the Declaration of Independence and early presidents. And to see Jefferson writing to Adams and be able to, uh, you know, we have it in a bound, a bound book now, so it's it, you can't really actually touch it. But to actually read the letter in their handwriting and then turn the page, and it's a letter from George Washington, mm-hmm. and read what they're saying to each other, it is profound. By the way, we're doing that also the last class or the second class, I think the second session, June 11th, I think they're actually helping prepare the museum because we are having the museum. Uh, you'll have to check it. Um, Mercury one, just look for the museum, but we're doing a really great museum this year. It's only open for three days and you'll be able to do what, what Stu's relative did mm-hmm. uh, and and walk around, but in a, in a really amazing way. Well, All this, of the studios here in Dallas, Texas. You can go to mercuryone.org and find out more. It's, uh, the, the These rates of how people are reading and are proficient in math being so low is part of the reason why something like a Prager University does really well. Yes. Um, and that's not because they're dumbed down at all. They're very smart pieces, but they explain they make them, them easy. They, make them, they explain them in an easy way. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's part of the reason why the Kanye West thing is more important than, uh, you know, a bunch of album promotion from yeah. uh, from this guy because the, it's communicating to people who might not be in that five percent, right? They're, it's communicating to the entire country. Uh, you know, certainly a lot of smart people like Kanye West, but a lot of dumb people like Kanye West too. Um, not a lot of dumb people are reading the Constitution. So the fact that you know the ideas of Thomas Sowell could be uh, introduced to an audience that could be really receptive to them. You know, I mean, especially when you're talking about communities that have been downtrodden just, for a long time, the ideas of Thomas Sowell could cure it. Just someone saying, you don't have to be a Democrat. There are other ideas out there. I'm not saying I like the Republicans, but you don't have to be a Democrat. You don't even have to be a Republican. Just think for yourself. That's remarkable. Anybody who's like, I'm not talking about Kanye West. I understand that because it... it it doesn't have any meaning to the political movement per se. If you're like, I want more constitutional rule of law, but it does to the culture and culture mm. leads. Yeah. And here's a guy who can change the culture, e- even if it's just record promotion, it is making an impact. I mean, look at, you know, and that this stuff just needs to be said at that basic level. You know, do you consider uh, Russia under Vladimir Putin to be a healthy society? I mean, I would argue no. I would argue no. Yet he's getting far lower percentage of the vote from the Russian people than African Americans are giving to Democrats. It's not even close. Putin got something like 71 or 72% in that last election. I mean, Al Gore, who is the whitest white guy in America, got 92% from Mm -hmm. African Americans. I mean, Barack Obama was even higher, 
But I mean, at least you can kind of make an argument for that. You know, this is the thing is like there has to be a breakout here. And it's it's honestly why I think Kanye is right when he talks about slavery being a choice. I don't think it was a choice. You know, I know it wasn't a choice back then. No, Uh, but being a choice on freeing your mind today is. Oh, it's, it's Stephen A. Smith made this point very well several years ago, the sports commentator, when he's, he said, look, they're, they, they don't need you. They don't. They don't need you. They don't care about you if you're African-American and you're in the Democratic leadership because they know they've got you already. All they have to do is show up and you give them their vote. And if you don't f- at least challenge that and, and listen to the other side, at least listen to what they're, to what they're saying and consider it, uh, consider it uh seriously and then go back to the democrats and say you know what i like this part of what they're saying if you don't make those cases they're they're never going to do a thing for you and it's 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 something that needs to be done well it's amazing to me how many people um immediately just shouted kanye down when he said look it was the the republicans that freed people yeah it wasn't the democrats it was the republicans now that doesn't last forever the Republicans have sold their soul to the devil back and forth, and so has the Democratic Party back and forth many times. But if you want to look where real racism, institutional racism has been for a very long time, uh, it is uh, in the Democratic Party. And I'm sorry, but look into Johnson. I believe the Great Society, all of that stuff that he passed with the Civil Rights Act, he passed the Civil Rights Act, then he passes the Great Society. Tonight at uh, 5 o'clock on The Blaze, I'm going to give you the stats on what happened to the African-American community because of the Great Society. They, were, they had higher marriage rates than white people did. They were higher as entrepreneurs than white people were. What happened? The Great Society and Johnson. And people don't want to talk about that because it makes them uncomfortable or they haven't thought about it. But you have to. If you want to learn from the past, you have to look at all of the things that are uncomfortable. And there's a lot of things that are uncomfortable. Just Google first slave in America. I can't tell you how many times you're going to how many stories you're going to have to read through before you find the name John Kassar, C-A-S-O-R. Well, who's that guy? John Kassar was actually the first slave in America. Indentured servitude was something that people did, Um, not slavery, indentured servitude. They still do it in some countries. Uh, And what it means is, uh, you know, I want to go to the new world. I want to start a new life, but I don't have the money. So I go to some big, you know, rich guy who I know has work over there. And I say to him, look, if you pay my room and board to get over there, I'll work to pay it off in seven years. I'll be an indentured servant, which means he owns your work. He doesn't own you. He owns your work for seven years. This is the contract. And you get your way over there to the new world. Well, that was happening all the time. And it wasn't looked down upon no, it wasn't. in the same way slavery, obviously. No, no, was. no, it wasn't. Um, and white people did it. Uh, everybody did it. Indians did it. Uh, everyone did it. Um, and... Um, and then we started the the um, American slave trade. The English and the Dutch did, and they started bringing people to the Caribbean. And when they went to the Caribbean, you were made a slave. But if you were dropped off here in America, you were an indentured servant. So one of the guys, and he was a white guy, 
uh, I'm sorry, he was a black guy. He was an indentured servant, and his name was John Kasser. And he worked for a, a, another guy who held his indentured servitude contract. Uh, and John had worked for seven years, but I don't know how it worked out, but he didn't say, you know, my seven years are up. So his owner of the contract took him to court and said, no, I own him, not the contract. I own him for life. The rest of the story changes everything. And it's not just the fact that that owner was a black man. But what happened after that black man's death, after he started slavery in America, everything changed. And I'll talk talk about it tonight at five o'clock. Big news. Last couple of weeks, Simply Safe won the Editor's Choice Awards from CNET Magazine and PC Magazine and uh, the Wirecutter. And, you know, they were thrilled and we're thrilled that they're finally getting the uh, the notice that they are due. You know, they have uh, they've gone and really changed people's lives the way the way security works. I mean, it was really cutting edge stuff uh, when they started and they're still way ahead of everyone else. But they took a great leap. You know, they were going up against, you know, people like Wells Fargo and we provide all this, you know, we're going to bring in and we're wiring everything. They said, you don't need all that. You don't need to pay 50 bucks a month and you don't need to have somebody traipsing through your house. Simply safe. We're going to make it really simple. It's all wireless. It's uh, it's really top of the line. You have the cameras. You have the uh, the um, uh, what do you call it? The, the things that you put on the windows and the doors. You have the keypad, all of it, but you can install it in like a half an hour. And there's no contract. You own it, so you're going to save a buttload of money. And then it's $15 a month without a contract if you want the professional monitoring. Nobody else is doing this. Nobody else has done it. They were the first. Nobody else is doing it. That's why they're winning all the awards, and they're now protecting 2 million homes. Home or business, give Simply Safe Beck a try. Go to simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. Just go to the website, see how much money you're going to save. Take control of your own security. Take 10% off now at simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. You know, I found that things kind of make sense a little bit more when, uh, you know, if you're drinking. And I gave up all of those great blackouts, you know? Yeah. Wasted them. There's so many great positives to alcoholic consumption at levels that are inhuman. That's, I think, something we've overlooked on the program today. Man. For instance, let me try this. This just came out from USA Today. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it makes more sense if you read it this way. Uh, uh, Boy Scouts of America double down uh, today on its quest to become the scouting organization of choice for boys and girls. Now they call the Boy Scouts, but they're going to, they announced today that they're going to drop the name boy from Boy Scouts. They're going to drop the day boy from Boy Scouts? From the just their, uh, their, uh, their uh, signature program. <laughs> so they won't use boys in their signature program. Uh, 
And now the chief scout executive, uh, Mike Sutterbar, also <laughs> unveiled the new group, the group's new Scavian marketing campaign program to include uh, inclusiveness. Inclusive. 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 Uh, togetherness. Scout me in. Scout me in. Because we've entered a new era for our organization. And it's important <laughs> that all you can see themselves in scouting in every way possible. Did you burp in the middle of possible? I am here to tell you the scouting news that makes sense. <laughs> Glenn Beck. Mercury.